Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to an episode of Living Light Outdoors with you from the recliner once again. Second day of the week. I am tarred. Uh, it's been a long day. We are working hard right now, and I am uh, just doing everything I can to stay focused on what I need to do. And I, I tell you, it's hard. It's hard to... Um, uh, it, it's hard to be busy. I think a lot of us find ourselves in this place where we're busy people. We we have a lot going on in our lives today. There's a lot of things happening. We've gotten extremely busy with a hailstorm that came. Uh, you know, just look at it as provision, as God blessing us. And and but in the process of that, it makes what I've been doing uh, for me. It makes it more difficult because. You know, I'm having to work all day. I'm having to concentrate on what I'm doing. I'm, there's constantly things going on. I'm writing estimates. I'm, I'm talking on the phone. I'm ordering parts. I'm doing the work. I'm dealing with supplements. There's, there's all kinds of things happening around me um, in the business realm. And then I, I'm tired, and I get home, but yet I've made God a promise, as he, as he requested of me, to be in the mic every day. So I'm, I'm doing my best to to continue to seek him for for things to share and what he wants me to share for such a time as this and and I get glimpses throughout the day of different things as God drops a nugget in me or I hear something or something sparks an interest in me and but it, it's difficult for me to grasp those and hold on to them because of all the chaos going on in the day but but today I, I really man there's something heavy on my heart. I'm just catching a glimpse of some of the of the news, the national news that's coming out of Texas um, with the tragedy that's happened there, and 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 I'm and I'm I'm still struggling with some of that. And in the process, as, as I as as again, God had dropped some things into me today. It actually I feel kind of maybe lines up with how I'm feeling about what's happening around us in our world today, and, and I want to share that with you. I have um, I put together a message, and, and I literally just finished putting this together because it's it's fresh. God's pouring some things into me. He's speaking to me. I titled this today, Stop the Madness. Stop the Madness. And, and it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what's in Texas right now, but I think it has a great deal to do with where we are um, in, in our society, in our, in our world view today. Um, as followers of Christ and, and, and where we should be, and no matter what's going on around us. So I, I, I want to share with you, this is going to be a lot of scripture. Um, it's going to come out of Ephesians. That's got to take me into Ephesians. It's Ephesians chapter 4, um, and we're going to start with, with 1 through 4 and verses 6 through 7. And this is Paul, as Paul's delivering the message here in Ephesians. He said, so I, the prisoner of the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior. Man, that alone is, is, is a message all in itself. Just that first little bit, that first little glimpse of Paul's heart here is enough to, to really preach a good message. We are to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage. What, do you, what does it mean, moral courage? It means standing up against immorality, personal integrity, literally living our life with an integrity worthy of godly character and, and a mature behavior. The immaturity of our lives needs to be put away. The Bible tells us to put, our, put away childish things. 
as we mature in him, we're to put away our childish ways. And that's what it's saying, mature behavior. He goes on to say, a life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation with all humility, forsaking self-righteousness and gentleness, maintaining self-control with patience, bearing with one another in unselfish love. You know, we could use a lot right there bearing with one another. We don't do that well these days because we we are not following an unselfish love. Our society today, it says, take care of yourself. It, it, it's, it's, um, we, we've literally created this, this entitlement and, and that's, you know, we're entitled to whatever it is we think we need. And there's a selfishness that comes with that. And the Bible warns us against this. It says to make every effort to keep the oneness of the spirit in the band of peace. I'm sorry, in the bond of peace, each individual working together to make the whole successful. We're to work together to make the whole body successful. We each serve a role. We each have our individual parts, but we're to work together unselfishly in this, in this bond of peace to, to make the whole body successful. There is one body of believers and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when called to salvation. One God and one Father of us all who is sovereign over all and working through all and living in all. One God, one salvation, one Father, and he's, and he's sovereign, and he's working through all in us as a living God. Yet grace, God's undeserved favor, was given to each one of us, not indiscriminately, but in different ways, in proportion to the measure of Christ's rich and abundant gift. Now we're going to jump to Ephesians chapter 4, 17 through 32, where it says this. So this I say and solemnly affirm together with the Lord as in his presence, and that you must no longer live as the unbelieving Gentiles live. We're being called out here. Listen, we've given our lives to Christ. We, we, we've, we've, we've surrendered as followers of Christ, as believers. If you're a follower of Christ, you're surrendered. Quit living like an unbelieving Gentile. In the futility of their minds and in the foolishness and emptiness of their souls, for their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is clouded. We're, we're to separate from that. They are alienated and self-banished from the life of God with no share in it. This is because of the willful ignorance and spiritual blindness that is deep-seated within them because of the hardness and insensitivity of their heart. This is choice. When we choose to follow Christ, we put away all of that. There's that none of that should be in us. But we, we deal with people every day that have this deep-rooted ignorance and spiritual blindness, this, this deep-seated hardness and insensitivity of their heart. And it goes on to say, And they, the ungodly, in their spiritual apathy, having become callous and unfeeling, having given themselves over as prey to unbridled sensuality, eagerly craving the practice of every kind of impurity that their desires may demand. We see this in our society today, this this unbridled craving to, to give way to the desires of, the, of their heart. He says, he goes on to say, but you do not learn Christ in this way. You didn't learn Christ this way. In fact, you have really heard, if you have really heard him, 
and have been taught by him, just as truth is in Jesus, revealed in his life and personal personified in him, that regarding your previous way of life, you put off your old self, completely discard your former nature, which is being corrupted through deceitful desires. We are to put off our old man. We are to die to ourself and pick up the life of Christ, resurrected with him, and be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude, and put on the new self, the regenerated and renewed nature, created in God's image, godlike in the righteousness and holiness of the truth, living in a way that expresses to God your gratitude for your salvation. Are you thankful for your salvation? Are you thankful that you're no longer who you used to be? How often do you express your gratitude for God or to God for, for drawing you out of that, for, for delivering you? That's part of your story when it says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and, and by the word of our testimony. It's, it's that story of redemption that's being spoken here. That's what he's talking about. That, that we're to be we're to be we're to be thankful for what he's brought us out of. And it goes on to say, therefore, rejecting all falsehood, whether lying, defrauding, telling half-truths, spreading rumors, any such as these. We're to, we're to quit that garbage. Reject all this falsehood. Reject lying. Reject defrauding someone, telling half-truth, spreading rumors. Let the rumor mill cease to exist in your life. Do not allow rumors to, to flow through you. Speak truth each one with his neighbor, for we are all parts of one another, and we are all parts of the body of Christ. Be angry at sin, at immorality, at injustice, at ungodly behavior, yet do not sin. Do not let your anger cause you shame, nor allow it to last until the sun goes down. Be, be angry at these things, but don't let it control us. We can be angry at immorality. We can be angry at injustice and ungodly behavior, but don't let us don't let us draw us into sin because of it. And do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge. Don't let that happen. Or nurturing anger or harboring resentment or cultivating bitterness. I'll add, or picking up the offense, one of his greatest tools. He goes on to say the thief who has become a believer must no longer steal, but instead he must work hard, making an honest living, producing that which is good with his own hands, so that he will have something to share with those in need. Do not let unwholesome, foul, profane, worthless, vulgar words ever come out of your mouth. Ouch. Guys, We there's a lot of us need to pay attention here. Do not let unwholesome, foul, profane, worthless, vulgar words come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good for building up others according to the need and the occasion, so that it will be a blessing to those who hear you speak. Listen, I know a lot of people who need to understand that, because when you hear the garbage coming out of someone, I lose a lot of respect for those people. I, sometimes I even feel sorry for them. Let, let what comes out of you be wholesome and, and, and so that it, it blesses others as you speak. 
Don't don't be caught up in the other nonsense. It goes on to say, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but seek to please him by whom you were sealed and marked, branded as God's own. For the day of redemption, the final deliverance from the consequences of sin. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, perpetual and animosity, resentment, strife, fault finding, and slander be put away from you, along with every kind of malice, all spitefulness, verbal abuse, and malevolence. Be kind and helpful to one another, tender hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another, really and freely, just as God in Christ also forgave you. And we're going to jump to Ephesians chapter 5, just 1 and 2 here. There, there's so much. I, good Lord, you could spend days in Ephesians. There's there's so many just solid truths that we should, you, I would encourage you, spend some time in Ephesians. But Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, become imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example, as well-beloved children imitate their father. And walk continually in love, that is, value one another. Practice empathy and compassion, unselfishly seeking the best for others. Just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and sacrifice to God, slain for you so that it became a sweet fragrance. Man, what a beautiful piece of scripture that is right there. That become imitators of God. Follow his example. Imitate, just like well-behaved children imitate their father. Walk continually in love. Value one another. Practice empathy and compassion. Unselfishly seeking the best for someone. Just as Christ gave his life for us. What a sweet fragrance that was to the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6. I love this part. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 14. Paul goes on to say, In conclusion, be strong in the Lord, draw your strength from him, and be empowered through your union with him, and in the power of his boundless might. Put on the full armor of God, for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier, so that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical components or opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. You know, right, just just that little bit, I mean, this however long ago Paul wrote this, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces in this present darkness. Have you paid much attention to this present darkness that we live in today? We're to stand against spiritual forces and wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. It goes on to say, therefore, because of this is what that word means. Because of this, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, and victorious, so stand firm and hold your ground. Having tightened the wide band of truth, personal integrity, moral courage around your waist. 
that passage of scripture goes on to describe all the other components of the armor. Listen, we are in a dark time. We are we are in the most dark time that any of us have ever seen in our lifetime. It's time to stop the madness. It's it's time to stop living like the worldly. It's time to stop living in this world. We we may have to be of this world, but we do not have to be in this world. I'm sorry, we need to flip that around. We have to be in this world. We don't have to be of this world. We don't have to be like this world is. We don't have to mimic the world. We are to be set apart. We are set apart. Jeremiah chapter 1 says, Before I ever formed you in your mother's womb, I already set you apart to be a voice to the nations. God's already called you. He's already set you apart. He already has a plan for you. He, he, he knew you before he ever formed you in your mother's womb, and, and he had this plan set, set in motion for you. Stop the madness. Stop allowing the world to dictate who you are and begin to look to the Lord to dictate who you are, who he created you to be, so that he can use you for such a time as this to speak into this darkness and call forth the light. We are to be a light. We are to be a city shining. We are to be a a city on a hill that, that draws all men unto the Lord. That's our calling. Our calling is to go into all the world and preach the gospel and to make followers of everyone we encounter. Listen. He's called you out at such a time as this. Stop letting the world dictate who you are and and begin to look to the Lord and begin to seek him and and allow him to pour into you the boldness, the the courage, the encouragement to be who he's called you to be in such a time as this. He, He has need of you today. Strap up your armor. Stand your ground. Live according to the word of God. Allow him to use you for for this time. In this present darkness, allow him to use you as a light. Amen. Stop the madness. Stop allowing this world to to determine who you are. Quit falling prey to the things of this world. Stand up. Stand strong. Do the best you can. Look out for one another. That's what this whole passage of Scripture is about, is encourage one another. Stand Instead of beating somebody up because they're not holding their ground or they've messed up or they've fallen down, how about we encourage one? How about we encourage one another to, to live a life according to the Word of God? Walk with them. Stand their ground with them. Be, be that person that they, can, that they can lean on when needed. Amen? Whew. I didn't mean to get so preachy. I wasn't sure where I was going with this. God bless you. Uh, I, I, I pray that God pours out his spirit over you in this time, that you hear this word, that you take this word to heart, and that he can use you to be the man or woman of God that he's called and created you to be for such a time as this. For wherever it is you work, for your family, for your friends, whomever it is he puts in front of you, that you can speak the truth and the truth will set them free. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you for following this podcast. Thank you for your financial support. We greatly appreciate that. We know that God will bless you for supporting us financially. If you if you can walk with us in such a way, you'll find all our giving links on our webpage, www.livinglightoutdoors.com. Podcast link is on there. There's other things on there. Take a look at the website. I don't keep it up to date as possible, but there's there's cool stuff on there already. Follow us, continue to follow us, share these messages with those that you know that need it, and 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 know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Ron and I are praying for you. We love you. We thank you for your love and prayer for us. Please continue to pray over us and pray for these folks in Texas as they as they deal with such a tragic event. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.